0: Anyone here for the first time tonight? Any first timers? Hey, welcome. Welcome. Welcome, man. (laughs) At least two of you have your masks off, so I'll recognize you next time I see you. Um, I'll try to recognize your eyeballs. Okay, (laughs) Welcome, guys. Um, So we are. We are continuing um, our series on on living water, Um, and uh, tonight I'm actually, I'm going to go back to the scripture that I preached on two weeks ago. So if you weren't here, um, it'll be new if you were here, it's a little bit of a recap, but that's, um, I assure you, it's only because I, I really sense the Holy Spirit saying that we weren't done with that scripture yet. Um... And um, I've said before, this is a slightly undefined series and that he's not telling me week from week to week what he's asking me to do, um, except that everything that we preach on in this series um, is designed to take us into a deeper encounter with God, to get to know him better, and for him to know us better. Of course, he knows us perfectly, doesn't he? but he wants to reveal himself more to us. Um, And this is is one of those times when when I'm preaching where I've really felt the Lord speaking to me really significantly. Um, But of course it's really personal and so I'm going to do my best to share what I feel he's been saying to me. Um, But it's going to be Up to the spirit for you to be, um, for you to be moved, as always. Uh, So just pray with me, please. Jesus, we we want to encounter you, Lord. You came and you died that we would be brought into family with you. You came to break down the barriers that separate us. Lord, nothing I say tonight is gonna convince anyone of that, Lord, but your spirit can. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, to move tonight to minister to your children. Jesus, we know that you're here, but we offer ourselves to you. We invite you, Lord, step into this place and step into our lives. Reveal more of who you are to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, guys, can you turn uh, to John 4, please? We're going to go back to the Samaritan woman. Um, this time we are going to, I'm going to read the scripture I read last time, but we, uh, we're going to focus in on the, the very end of this scripture. Um, but this is one of the reasons why we, we're doing this series on living water. So let's, let's read. I'm going to read from verse 5. So Jesus came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sakaah near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "'Give me a drink,' for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, "'How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman?' Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Sorry, let me take another drink. The hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Um, about two weeks ago, when I, when I preached on this scripture, as well as on John 7, um, every time I got to that spirit and truth verse, I started to weep. Um... And it's been a while since I've wept. I'm not scared of crying, okay? Um, but it's been a while. And um, I put it away, I came back to the again, and it happened literally every time. On, um, on Saturday, I was waiting for my son's soccer game to start, and I was in the car, doing, you know, writing some notes for the sermon, and I had to stop planning for my sermon because I ran out of tissues, and I was about to start using my T-shirt, and that was just gonna be gross. Sitting outside with snot all down my shirt, um, and I texted a few people in the church. You know, it's like, help me, man! I, I I just don't know what's going on, um, and I got some, you know, I got some encouragement, and and um, obviously this is this is something personal. God's doing stuff for me, and that's awesome. Um, but I asked him, Lord, you know, what is this? What is this say, What are you saying about us as a body? And I believe that you're he saying this to me, and to us as a body. Um, that that my that my weeping was a, was a mourning, um, and it was a mourning in my spirit. It wasn't like it wasn't like my heart or my mind was mourning. It was my spirit that was mourning because it only ever happened when I read these words, um, and I just felt the Lord saying that that um, that my spirit was 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 mourning all the things that I've placed in between me and God. All the things that I've placed between authentic, true, beautiful. Authentic worship. All the times I've made it about me and not about him. And this was something that he wanted to kind of rip out of me in those moments. And I, um, tonight that's really what I believe he wants to do with us all. Okay, is give us a chance to reflect. To reflect on the things that, that um, are getting in the way. And we're going to take those things to him and we're going to, we're going to see if we can... Um, well, will just see what he does, hey? So um, two weeks ago, I said this about the Samaritan woman. I know you guys have heard, you know, 1,500 sermons on this scripture, I'm sure. Um, but the thing that we always have to be reminded about is that Jesus should not have been talking to her. She's a woman... She's a Samaritan woman. She's a Samaritan woman living in sin. She is disqualified on so many levels. And this, this exchange, it's, it's like, it's the same as, as when Jesus goes to pray for a leper. In the law, you're not supposed to pray for a leper. You're not supposed to go near a leper. You're not supposed to certainly touch a leper. And Jesus brings redemption. He is greater than the disease. He is greater than the law. And he touches a leper, and he makes the leper clean. In the same way that he can look at the, Samarian woman, the Samaritan woman, and he can say, <laughs> that she can be made clean and she can encounter God and so um, we're gonna, I'm going I'm to remind you of these questions but these are, these are the things that I, that I feel God asking us to ask of ourselves tonight is in what way do we feel cut off from God in our worship and I'm not just talking about when we're singing, okay, I'm talking about our worship, the attention of our hearts during the day in what way do we feel undeserving? Are there sins in our lives that we think we have to correct before we can approach them? And perhaps, perhaps we are like the disciples. And man, I've done this so many times in my life. Maybe we like the disciples and we think we're in the right And we get offended when we see people encounter God and experience intimacy with God that we don't think deserve it. I've done that so many times to my shame. But the great thing about this encounter is that this is all about Jesus approaching the woman. This is all about Jesus' plan. the, The fact that this is the moment that he declares that he's the Messiah. Don't lose sight of this. His disciples get to see, in this moment again, just kind of you know reading in between the lines, this is the moment His disciples truly see that He's doing something different. He's not having to go to the synagogue. He's not having to go to the temple. He will go to the one place He's not supposed to go, and He will declare, I am the Messiah. <laughs> and and uh, part, of my, part of my weeping and part of my joy as I've been reading this is this realization That you know, and and I don't know. I've this I I've heard this so many times growing up, and for some some daft reason, this scripture has meant almost nothing to me my entire life. It's the one I skip over when I'm reading John. I I don't know why that is, but I'm I'm shocked by how this is drawing me because it's the complete opposite of how I normally feel about the scripture. But there's this, there's this realization of, in this moment, you know, we, we see the resurrection. Obviously, we see Pentecost. We see the empty tomb. We see these, these moments in scriptures where Jesus completely changes everything. But he does it here. He does it here. He's showing that you don't have to be in the Holy of Holies to meet God. He's saying you don't have to be perfect to meet God. He's saying you're not disqualified by your sin, by your ethnicity, by your race, by your gender, by your geography. He's removing the requirements of the law. And you know, one of the incredible things about this, and again, you can miss it if you read it too quickly, but you know, he says the Father is seeking those. He's seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. He's not oblivious to it. He's not hoping that maybe sometimes someone will get this and will worship Him sincerely. He's seeking. His eyes are looking for the people that will worship Him in spirit and truth. And it's not explicit. It doesn't say this, but I'll be surprised if that doesn't then mean that if He's looking, that if you do this, that He will meet you. Why else would He be looking? The scripture changes everything. I'm going to keep saying that until hopefully we all see it. It changes everything. No longer are we cut off. No longer are we disqualified. This woman who's cut off by her ethnicity will go to a mountain, and she can't even go to the one place that she knows she's supposed to worship, which is in the temple, because she can't, because she's Samaritan. And Jesus is saying there's no more temple, and there's no more priests. Wherever you are, all that the Father asks is that you worship in spirit and truth, that we worship with our hearts. Now, um, I looked up, looked up truth. You know, it's always good to, we well, think we know what truth is, don't we? I mean, I think we should. It's not the most complicated word. Um, it's actually defined in the Greek by its opposite, which is interesting. So it's the opposite of feigned and it's the opposite of false. The opposite of feigned and the opposite of false. So it's truthful and it's authentic and it's sincere and it's real. And all of it, all of it should encapsulate that when we worship Him, we give Him our hearts. And if, I, you know, if we can manage it, a pure heart, but you know, <laughs> we're sinful, it's not always pure. But will we love him? Will we worship him out of love, despite the fact that we've fallen and broken? And to worship in spirit, this is a really hard thing to define. And I'm, I'm actually going to do another sermon on, on the spirit, okay, and encountering the spirit and what this might look like in different circumstances, okay? It's really complicated, but also really simple. Because um, really what Jesus is saying here, that, that worship is a spiritual reality, it's not, a, it's not a, um, a ceremony. It's not a duty. It's not a chore. It actually has a spiritual reality. Because if we are filled with the Spirit of God and we worship God who is Spirit, we get this incredible two-way worship that starts to occur. And we become, we become transformed because the Spirit in us connects more with the Spirit of the Father and we are transformed in that process and our worship is authentic and pure and beautiful. And that's what he's after. I said two weeks ago, and I think Nicholas said it last week, that um, at no time in this series do we want to get an attitude of striving, that we have to go out and do stuff. We do that too often. But having said that, we do have to recognize in the Scripture there is a response required of us. Because God seeks those who are willing to worship in spirit and truth. It's not about striving. It's not not about trying to be perfect in our worship. But it is about saying yes to trying. Saying yes to worshiping Jesus. And in our lives, it just... I'm going to say this so many times in this series. It's about giving him space. Give him time. Um, maybe, maybe as I as, you know, as as talk um, about encountering God, you know, we, we, can, we can use charismatic language too, like any good church. We kind of have a language that we can use. Um, maybe some of you aren't, aren't used to Ideas like that, encountering God. And I'm going to talk about that next week, okay? What that actually looks like. But I do know that Jesus is intent on meeting us. That's a promise of Scripture. That's the reality of Scripture. But I'm, I'm, I really believe in this moment there is grace for us to meet him. In Philippians 3.3, uh, 3, Paul says this, For we are the circumcision, who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. That's really quite a strange scripture, actually. But you know, what, he, what Paul is saying, you know, Jews are marked by the circumcision. They're marked by that physical act. And Paul is saying, you know what, the thing that marks us now, the thing that makes us the new people of God is the fact that we worship in spirit. This changes everything. There's, um, (laughs) let me say this as well, uh, before I go any further. I know um, there are times when, when life is really hard. And it might be that we're sick, it might be that we're struggling, it might be, you know, we've lost our job, we're running out of money, there might be all sorts of things, relational conflict. There are times when our hearts are heavy. Uh, Worshipping in spirit and truth is not about sort of being giddily happy all the time. That can be a part of it. As you, some of you have experienced. The Holy Spirit, you know, one of his gifts is joy. That's a good thing. But even in the midst of pain and struggles and sickness... There's an enormous power if we are willing to worship God authentically. When it's hard, I actually believe it can be more powerful. But I believe God is saying to us will we look at the way that we worship? Will we look at the way that He has our attention? Our beautiful and incredible King is deserving of our worship. Um, He's deserving of our attention. And will we be real before him? Um, I was trying to think of some stories to tell, um, but my heart's been pretty messed up. Um, let, me, let me share one, one story. Um, a few years ago, my wife and I went to Bethel um, Church in Reading. We were actually up in Tacoma, we didn't realize it was such a long drive. America's quite a big place, but anyway, we drove down um, from Seattle to Reading um, through that place called Oregon, which we forgot about, and um, we, we went because, you know, we, we really like Bill Johnson, um, but also because I was having some health issues and my wife was having some health issues, and we wanted to go to the healing rooms. And it was really cool because the day we arrived, Lou Engel was there, and we didn't know that, and he gave like a two-and-a-half-hour sermon as he does, and it was just mind-blowing. Um, and then, you know, I got to meet Bill Johnson and speak to him in his own church. It's kind of a weird thing, you know. You realize he's not a superstar, he's just a pastor, you know. And you just have a chat to him, and it's... So many amazing things happened. You could be like Matt, and Matt will share that story another day. It's too embarrassing for me to share. Um, um, as much as I would love to take the opportunity. Um, <laughs> And seeing my wife healed was an incredible moment and that's a story for her to tell. But um, we I don't know if any of you have been to the Beth the Healing Room, so maybe it's changed since I was there. But you know, you go into the room and you kind of you basically get a kind of number. It's not that yeah. sort of crass. but you get a, you know, you're in the queue, basically. And you say so you sit and you wait, and there's someone worshiping on the piano or guitar. And the day that we went there, there was this young woman, I think she was you know in the school there. And she was, she was just dancing, very quietly. She, feet didn't move, so she was just dancing with her upper body and her hands. She wasn't singing. She was just dancing. You know, and I'd, I'd grown up a uh, pretty religious guy, seeing you know a woman worship God in different ways, and you know, I was, normally used to irritate me, you know, in a good religious way. <laughs> um, something I've repented of. Uh, but I sat there and we waited probably 45 minutes and, and and I couldn't take my eyes off this young woman dancing before the Lord. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe my top three or top five most beautiful things I've ever seen. And it was, it was like, you couldn't see anything, but it was like the Holy Spirit was just there. You know, the, the idea of that ladder from heaven, of heaven descending and ascending. It was, it was the closest I've come to experience that or seeing that. Not that I could see with my eyes, but I just i thought if I walked up to her, couldn't because there was a barrier, which is probably for good reason, but that I'd kind of get sucked up to heaven. That's what it felt like. You know, there was just such an intensity and all she was doing was moving her arms. And there was something so pure and something so... She was so in love with Jesus that He just met her, and His Spirit met her. And it's it's the greatest example I can think of of the Father saying, "I'm looking for those people who are worshiping Me in Spirit and in Truth," and I could see Him drawn to her as she worshipped. A few weeks ago. I brought up my my lion flag to the front. Um, maybe I'll bring it back sometime. It Feels really awkward in the church waving a flag around. Like, I'm much I'm much happier in my barn. Um, but there you know there are times. There are times when my heart is heavy, and God calls me to worship. There are times when I am full of joy, and God calls me to worship. And sometimes, sometimes you've got to worship. Sometimes it'll be three or four songs before I start to feel the, the heaviness of life lift off me, and I start to feel His presence into me, and I start to feel my spirit combined with His spirit, and I, I start to feel His life, and I start to hear His voice. <laughs> and there are times when nothing else will work. I'll just I'll take that flag, and I'll wrap it around me, and I'll just lie on the floor, because I'm lying under this lion of Judah, and I, just, and I wait. And, and what, what I... Um, what I, what I want to ask you is kind of your church homework, okay? And I know that's off because um, you guys get lots of homework from university, but not all of you are students, okay? Um, but I, I, I just, I, f- I feel the Lord saying, like, will, you, will you do one thing differently this week? Will you do one thing differently and just give me a chance? Give me a chance to meet you. Now, um, in England, <laughs> um, they talk, does the word Pratt mean anything to you guys? Chris Pratt. Besides Chris Pratt. It's a, kind of the opposite of him, because he's cool. Okay? So Pratt is, it's a bit like Wally. Um, it's when you feel f- deeply uncomfortable that people are looking at you and you really should stop what you're doing. It's like, oh, I feel like a Pratt. Does <laughs> d- that make sense? A little bit. Okay, the guys, I don't know, maybe it's ladies, there must be another word I could use. But anyway, so sometimes in England we go going to these men's, men's conferences and they, and they would say, listen, just, just go a l- one step above your prep level. <laughs> just one step. So maybe, you know, like raising your hand in worship, like, Ugh, this feels awkward. <laughs> and they'll be like, just like raise two. Or raise it fully. Or stand on a chair or lie on the ground, or do something. Okay, and that was a men's conference type thing, and there was, was a lot of freedom to, to have fun. But I, I, I sense this Lord saying, just do, just do something. And it might be that you worship Him without worshiping. It might be, you know, tell a student, go to the prayer chapel, go into one of those little alcoves, put some worship on, and just get on your face for an hour. Like, go 30 minutes longer than you've ever gone before with the Lord in worship. Don't take your Bible, don't take notes, don't take anything. Just you and Him and worship or quiet do something that you haven't done before and ask him to meet you there because I believe he wants to encounter you I won't check up on you next week but if any of you have a cool story from that come and share it next week alright Matt you've got to remember give people a chance to you better have a story too alright so I'm almost done guys um, like I said, next week I'm going, to, I'm going to press more into what it means to encounter the Spirit and worship in the Spirit. Okay? There's so much there I couldn't possibly do tonight. Um, but I do want to say this. Don't be scared of the Spirit. Some people are. Oh, don't be scared of the Spirit. The whole reason Jesus came and died and rose again and then decided, you know what, I'm going to send my Spirit to you. He sent the Spirit because the Spirit is good and the Spirit is necessary and it's the Spirit that fills us and allows us to have that relationship with the Father who is Spirit. So don't be scared of the greatest gift that God gives. Don't be scared of this beautiful, incredible Spirit of the Father that is given to us. But obviously, if you... And and please hear me here um, because I'm not American. Um... Two weeks ago when I preached, I used two of the living waters scriptures, okay? John 4 and John 7. And 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 some theologians at least would argue that that, that the first, this fountain of life, is when we are saved. And then when Jesus talks about the river of life, that's when the Spirit fills us. Alright, and so we have these two steps in terms of this experience of God, this experience of the Holy Spirit. So we do often at Kingdom Life we, we meet students and others, not students, who have lived a life and they are saved and they've accepted Jesus, but they've never actually had someone pray for them to be filled with the Spirit. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have the Spirit, but it's a really good idea, given Pentecost, and all the other times in Acts, where the disciples lay their hands on people to be filled with the Spirit. It's the biblical model. So if you're going to pray in Spirit and truth, and you haven't actually ever had someone lay their hands on you and say, be filled with the Spirit, then please do that. Because it makes sense. So if you are one of those, please come to the front at the end. Luke, do you want to make your way up? Please come to the front at the end and get prayer. Or just grab one of your friends. I look around the room and and there's students here, I know, are just buzzing with the Holy Spirit and would love to pray. So grab someone. And we'll talk, we'll talk more about that uh, next week as well. So I've asked Luke to come up, and we're going to finish with some worship, but we're gonna, we're gonna, the last song we're going to stand up and actually worship together. This next song is one you haven't heard. There's not going to be any words. But I just want you to sit, and I want you to speak to the Lord while Luke sings over us. Okay? When you think about the Samaritan woman, when you think about that story, where are you in that story? What's the barriers that you, that, that, that you feel are in your heart? And maybe you don't even know what it is, but maybe you know there's something that's, that's resisting. Resisting worshiping in spirit and truth. So we're just going to give the Lord time. Just like the Lord went to the Samaritan woman, He engineered that whole exchange. We're going to give Him a time now to come and um, talk to us. So let me pray. Holy Spirit, we want to worship you. We want to worship through you to our Savior, Jesus, and our Father in heaven. We ask you, Jesus, that you would speak to us now. Lord, are there things in our hearts that are disqualifying us, that we think are disqualifying us, Lord, these these lies, Lord. Or they lies that we believe that we have to be perfect. Lord, there's something wrong with us. Lord, are we afraid of something? Lord, is this something that we need to bring to you and just say, Lord, we're sorry. And leave it at your feet. Jesus, I know I know for certain that you don't want there to be anything between us and you. So I ask you to come now and speak, Jesus. Speak to our hearts, Lord.